This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th, and it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose! And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14. Get tickets now. This is Hitting the Mark. I am Cindy Verbalin, along with Ray Carr and the star of our show, The Mark, Jeffrey Mark. And this week we are talking about one of Jeffrey's friends, Bob Schiller. Looking over Bob's career, is there a particular... Um, episode of a certain show that he's the most proud of that you would say this is what bob was all about or was there a couple of shows they were very proud bob was very proud of the all in the family episode where edith gets raped to be able to take situation comedy characters and take something so tragic and so horrific and make it feel real it wasn't played for laughs they had to rely on gene stapleton being able to handle that because her career was not dramatic it was almost exclusively broadway musical comedies and uh, sitcoms they had to rely on the casting of the rapist that he wouldn't play it for laughs but that he'd be a little human about it. And his favorite line he ever wrote was not funny. It was Edith saying, but do you have to kiss me while you do it? Is a very human thought. And he was, of all the wonderful laughs he wrote for all the people through the years, um, Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf wrote Lucy Stomping Grapes. They wrote Lucy Stuffing Eggs in her brassiere. They wrote a lot of wonderful fun. Lucy, Lucy on stilts, Lucy, you know, in a, in a shower, swimming in a shower where she can't get out. They wrote all that kind of stuff. They wrote Geraldine. They wrote Red Skelton's various characters. But the thing he was proudest of was to take 22 or 23 minutes minus the commercials and uh, be able to not only be funny, but to be tragic, to be human and make it all work. I think that was his, like, this is, if I could hang this up on the wall as my achievement, this is the one. How did he think about doing something that serious? You know, in that kind of a show, because in the outset, you would never think that they would touch on that kind of a topic. They had the same problem with all the family they had with I Love Lucy. The show had been developed and written by Norman Lear early on. It had been given to other hands through the years. They came in at a point where all the family was getting old. Uh, They were, they had either just written out or about to write out Mike and Gloria Uh, There was dissension on the set. They had run out of ideas. The times had changed. Uh, All in the Family debuted just before you went into the 1972 election cycle. 
So you had all of the early 70s stuff going on, Vietnam and unrest on the campuses and Richard Nixon and China and civil rights. And then you had Watergate happen. Well, that it all happened. Now what? And they just sat around. What now? And they brought in a new producer and Bob Schiller and Bob Weisskopf were among the new writers they brought in. And what if we did this? What if we did that? Well, what if we raped Edith? And it was like, wait a minute. What if we did rape Edith? How could we handle that? How could we make that work? That would be a challenge. And that's how it started. Well, I, I found it very difficult to watch that. I, I know what you're saying. And overall, it was probably a masterpiece, how they were able to weave that in there to make that work. But that's a very touchy subject. They felt they wanted to do touchy subjects like Maud actually having an abortion on her show. Mm -hmm. Maud, the character, was pushing 50 and uh, still able to have children, at least the way they wrote it, and decides that she's too old, that, that it would ruin her life and her husband's life for her to get pregnant. It might hurt her health, the problems of the baby being born at that age. Uh, there were a lot less successful pregnancies of women at that. And that's what they used as their platform to have Maud make the decision. It was not done lightly. It was not done disrespectfully to the people who don't believe in abortion. It wasn't, they weren't waving a flag going, na, 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 na. They, they understood how serious it was. Um, and it came off beautifully. No matter which side of the aisle you sat on, it was written so that not everybody on the show agreed. So that both points of view, maybe there were three or four points of view about abortion, they were shown. So that no one was disrespected, no thought was left unsaid out loud. They were brilliant writers. They were able to write comedy and pathos together. Maybe part of that has to do with Bob's personal life. Bob Schiller's personal life was very complicated. Bob had married young and he'd married a woman who was mentally ill. He married a woman who was bipolar before they had the term bipolar, before lithium had been invented. And she was a terrible wife and a terrible mother, but a good woman. I mean, a basically good human being, stylish, pretty, funny, but mentally ill. Bob felt his sons, he had two young sons, were being harmed by her being in the house. Bob separated from her. He kept the house in the Pacific Palisades. She was put somewhere else and died from a reaction to psych meds given to her. That's a tragedy. He loved his wife. He loved his sons very, very much. And they're two wonderful men. Bob met another woman. He calls her his in-between wife. They went on a date and went to someplace like Woolworths. They went someplace that was almost a lunch counter. And he joked, let's get married. 
they did. That lasted a big three months, but upheaval for his kids. Then he met his third wife. I'm not going to mention her first name. And the reason I'm not going to mention her first name is Bob told me a lot of things in confidence that I did not do any research on. I knew the woman and in full transparency, she does not like me. I made it quite clear, but she does not like me. I'm not quite sure who she likes, quite frankly. A very independent woman, a very intelligent woman. But if what Bob told me is correct, a master manipulator. This is what Bob said to me. I have no idea if it's actually true. She has said it's true, but not in writing. And I don't know how much of this is exactly true. So I'm going to share with you folks what Bob Schiller said to me. And I'll leave it to you to decide the reality here. Her mother had the two daughters, she and her sister. They were poor. They were having trouble making ends meet. So at the age of 12, this woman seduced her teacher and then blackmailed him. He had to provide financial support to her mother and the two girls until she went to college. The same thing happened getting to college, another manipulation. This woman was a Playboy bunny. This woman eventually went to college and became an attorney. Then this woman went into real estate and began flipping houses. She also ran for Congress at one point, which is why Maud runs for Congress in the last season of Maud. The idea came from Bob's personal life. When this woman moved into Bob's house, she threw out Bob's two sons because they smoked marijuana. And uh, she made sure that she got pregnant by Bob almost immediately and used that as a reason. I don't want marijuana around my babies. And the only home these two boys had ever known was no longer theirs. It was hers. And Bob allowed it. Bob was very determined about his career. Bob was kind of a doormat about his personal life. He let women rule the roost. Uh, needless to say, those two gentlemen almost never, ever visited their father in that house again. Uh, she stood by this well into the time that I was there. It was Bob's fondest wish. He had two daughters with this woman that he could sit at a dinner table, at his dinner table, with his two sons and his two daughters and whatever grandchildren together. She would not allow it. And the sons, because she wouldn't allow it, would not bend around it. They saw their father. They talked to their father, but only alone. One of his sons, Tom Schiller, was one of the co-creators of Saturday Night Live. And uh, for many years, you saw Schiller's Reel as one of the film sequences on Saturday Night Live. That was Tom Schiller, Bob's son. I know both these men. I like both these men. 
they got the shaft. And I was in Bob's house a lot, a lot for every holiday. I was, we were together every week. We would go off into his country club and have lunch and, and meet with other people and have wonderful, wonderful times together. I really enjoyed his company. We wrote comedy together that thrilled me to no end. My name is Ray Carr, along with Cindy Verblin and the star of our show, Jeffrey Mark. This week's broadcast, we're talking about great comedy writer, one of the all-time legends, Bob Schiller. <laughs> 